Fading Memories is sponsored by I'm Up. I'm Up is an app that gives you independence, security, and peace of mind. Find it in your favorite app store and use invite code 006 when you sign up. Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those of us caring for a loved one with memory loss. Before we get into today's helpful episode, I have a little favor to ask you. Can you make sure to go on Apple Podcasts and rate and review Fighting Memories? This is the best way for new people to find the show, and I can't be a supportive podcast if people don't know I exist. And also, pop over to the website, FeigningMemoriesPodcast.com, and sign up for the newsletter. Now that I'm into year two, I've got some exciting things coming out that I would like to share with you, and I don't always have to be yakking in your ear to do that. So if you do those two things, I'd really love it. Now, on to today's show. So good afternoon, Wayne. Thanks for joining me. For all the listeners out there, Wayne is here to talk to us about a program called Alive Inside. It is how to connect with people definitely in the later stages of Alzheimer's or dementia through music. So good afternoon, Wayne. Good afternoon. So tell me how you got it. Well, tell me about Alive Inside, and then you can tell me how you got involved. Okay, Alive Inside was a documentary film that uh, was directed by Michael Rosado Bennett that came out in 2014, uh, took the audience award at Sundance that year, and it was fortunately screened at the Cleveland International Film Festival that March. Uh, Cleveland is where I live. I I live in a suburb of Cleveland. And uh, not knowing much about Alzheimer's or dementia at the time, and having been involved in the entertainment business and the music business, on a business end since uh, September of 2008. Uh, my interest was peaked when I found out that this was a film about how music is able to help people with this fatal illness. Uh, so I had an opportunity to go to the film screening at the film festival, and there was a question and answer panel afterwards. Uh, the film director's brother, uh, who had written the soundtrack for the film, was on the panel, and uh, before the final credits rolled, uh, seeing what a dramatic impact music had and how it improved and changed these people's lives uh, for the better, I knew what I wanted to do. I had amazing connections in the, the industry, and it was my decision to talk to him um, and see how I could reach out to those connections to help move that mission forward. Uh, That day, we started the Rock Against Dementia movement, uh, and that movement has grown to be a worldwide celebration, uh, raising awareness and money for dementia-related causes all around the world normally takes place the weekend after St. Patrick's Day. Awesome. I wonder how I missed that this year. Well, I don't think we were connected then, but uh, it started out that uh, we were going to do a concert here in Cleveland back in September 2014, and unfortunately I had to cancel because uh, 
my partners kind of bailed on me and I wasn't able to sell a hundred tickets uh, to guarantee the venue that they were going to have customers that day. So we had to cancel that. But that turned out to be a blessing in disguise because in 2015, I connected with the Purple Angel Dementia Awareness Campaign over in the United Kingdom. By 2015, that March, we had uh, five events. I did one here in Ohio and there were four in the United Kingdom. Uh, coming up to this year, there are 126 events scheduled for 2019 in 20 countries on five continents. Uh, and that's all by word of mouth. We have no major sponsors, no major publicity, uh, no major support from anybody like the Alzheimer's Association or AARP or none of that. Uh, that was just off people spreading the word. Uh, it has taken great hold in the United Kingdom. There's many events there. Uh, we've been recognized by world leaders and from politicians. Every year I get a proclamation from the mayor of the city of Cleveland for the event we do here. Uh, past two years I've gotten proclamations from the governor. We have a new governor now in the state of Ohio and I haven't made a contact with his office yet. Uh, our people in New York City have gotten proclamations from Mayor de Blasio the last two years. Our people in the United Kingdom have been recognized by uh, the current and former prime ministers of the United Kingdom and by Prince Edward, the Earl of Wessex. Uh, our people in Ireland got a proclamation from their president last year. Uh, so, you know, world leaders are on our side, even though other organizations might not know about us yet. So. Well, hopefully we can change some of that. That sounds fantastic. It sounds like the word of mouth is getting out there. Yes, it is. <laughs> awesome. Now, do you have any events in Northern California scheduled? Uh, we don't have anything in California that I'm trying to put something together in Los Angeles. Including Glenn Hughes from Deep Purple, who is a huge supporter of our uh, efforts. And he lives in L.A., hard to catch him off tour, but uh, I've got plenty of connections in California and L.A. Uh, Cherie Curry from the Runaways. Uh, some people who are involved in the original female rock group Fanny. Uh, a young band by the name of Love and a 38 and some other musicians. So we've got uh, a huge presence in California of people that support our efforts and it's just a matter of getting somebody to step up and organize an event <laughs> well that sounds positive that's the other end of the state from me but maybe they can move their way up to the san francisco bay area so i can go well, we've got plenty of uh, we've got plenty of contacts in san francisco bay area i've connected with legendary musicians from san francisco bay area bands from the like lester chambers from the chambers brothers and uh um guys from Quicksilver Messenger Service and Moby Grape and Grateful Dead and uh, uh, Jerry Garcia Foundation, Manasha Garcia supports our efforts. Uh, they have donated several of Jerry's artwork pieces to our foundation to auction off to raise funds. So we're well connected in San Francisco Bay. Awesome. That means I'll be able to attend one of these events soon. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So now tell me, I know 
from just taking care of my mom that, you know, and I've seen on the videos that you guys have on YouTube that, you know, there is a huge connection with music and I have never, I have not found, I guess the right combination of songs to, you know, kind of bring my mom. I mean, she's still verbal, but she's, eh, most of her language at this point is rote. You know, she asked me how the family's doing, what I've been up to. And it's all very polite little hostessy kind of questions that you'd ask pretty much anybody you ran into. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to connect with music and I had one guest and I haven't tried this yet. She said she, she went through about 200 songs to get about a dozen that connected with her loved one. So I'm working through that kind of process and she also said to use headphones, which I believe you guys do, so that the music is actually like in their mind. Right. We have uh, our director, um, Michael Rosado Bennett, who directed the film as the executive director of the foundation, uh, invented our memory player. It's an all-in-one headphone MP3 player, wireless uh, combined, comes with an SD card that uh, you can upload with... Uh, approximately 10 hours worth of music if you can find it i've got 115 songs uh wrote it on my own personal player um very comfortable very high quality uh easy to use and uh, we're at the point now where we're trying to raise funds to be able to give those away for free to people who need them uh, and people who can benefit from them but the beauty of what we do is not just uh offer this memory player as a means to provide them with those personal soundtracks. Uh, the music that they connect with is music that they have a personal or emotional attachment to. Might be the songs that they listened to when they were kids and growing up, uh, the music that they love, music that they shared with their loved ones, song that was playing at their wedding. Uh, it could be any number of things. So it's kind of a, a crapshoot to determine possibly what that personal music is. But once you find it, I guarantee you'll get a response of some kind. <laughs> uh, so what we did is we, uh, not only do we provide the memory players, we also have this intergenerational project where we're using this to connect the generations and we involve middle school and high school and college students as part of the process. And they create relationships with these individuals on an individual basis. Uh, they build bonds, they go visit these people and discover their soundtracks and sit with them and listen to memory players. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And uh, we've gotten some tremendous, tremendous uh, responses as a result of what we do. And the video with the kids and the seniors was really touching. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got a bunch of those videos. Uh, We've got uh, our first successful project outside of the United States was undertaken by a college professor in Mexico City by the name of Bernadette Gonzalez uh, Orta, and she's a college psychology professor. She got her students involved, and they have basically, in their project, transformed the way that people are dying with dementia in Mexico City. It's a very touching and moving experience. Uh, when you see those videos and 
as we all know, sadly, this is still a fatal disease. Uh, we don't know when or if there's going to be a cure found. And between now and that time, what we're doing is providing an opportunity to improve the quality of life for people with dementia while changing the lives of these young people. Uh, can you so can you kind of paint a picture visually of the project in Mexico City? Because I haven't seen that video yet, and I'm kind of curious how they're how they're what they're doing. Because you you use the term. Um, oh, now it's just going to slip my mind. I love it when that happens. That they're improving the way these people are dying from this disease. So I'm kind of curious how, how they're going about that. Okay, if you go on our website, um, www.aliveinside.org forward slash uh, stories, uh, that'll take you to the page that contains the videos and the testimonials of those kids in Mexico City that are doing this. Uh, there's a, a beautiful video about uh, from a girl named Mariana uh, with an elderly woman who eventually passed away from this disease and just a video of them connecting and her telling this person's story and providing her with this nice, beautiful book. Uh, it's just, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> and do you know of any, I mean, do, let's see if I can verbalize what I'm trying to think here. Do you, are you aware of any research that they've done with music or did they just have people happened upon how the music seems to connect deep inside the mind. I have this. Go this, ahead. This um, research has been going on for years. I think uh, 2009, a professor by the name of Linda Gertner started uh, researching this phenomenon. Uh, there's all kinds of empirical evidence to show how effective this is. Uh, so it's, it's something that's been you know, happening for, for a number of years, at least 10 years, uh, this has been going on. Uh, so. Okay. And do you find it's better if the person living with the disease is actually wearing headphones? Because I know at the care residence that my mom lives in, they frequently play music. And my mom is, I say, only 76, and they sometimes play a lot of big band music, which is the wrong era for her. But it just kind of becomes more background noise. And, you know, sometimes with the residents and the staff and music playing, I mean, it's a little overwhelming, especially for somebody whose mind is not well. Right. So is it better if they're actually listening to it through headphones? Uh, the headphones makes it extremely more personal. Uh, and, you know, it's a way to block out all that outside noise. Uh and the fact that the headphones contain music that they have an emotional attachment to is really the key. That makes sense. And so tell me about some of your ex personal experiences with this program. Okay. Uh, the first program that I actually saw in action was uh, we connected with uh, a middle school choir down in Avalon Park, 
corridor just outside of Orlando. Uh, the choir director wanted to take this project on with his kids. So we went down there, we shot some videos, we got this project going, uh, and that was my first exposure to uh, the program in action. Uh, personally, I try to focus on young musicians because I have a musical background, and I think they get the most out of it because they have the most invested in music in, in the first place. Uh, so that's why I, I started our program in my hometown of Parma, Ohio, with um, music students from a local high school band and uh, connected them with elders of the care facility that uh, the band director's cousin happened to be uh, the community relations person for. Uh, and we've got a great video that was taken by WKYC Channel 3. Uh, Don Kendrick was the reporter that did that. Uh, we brought in Emerson Lake and Palmer's drummer, Kyle Palmer, and his band to do a benefit to help launch that program. Uh, and uh, in the video that we show, there was a couple of elderly people, but uh, there was another elderly woman that, uh, by the name of Eleanor, probably in her 90s. You see her, I've got a photo of her sitting in her wheelchair with uh, holding her little stuffed animals. And basically, that's how she spends most of her life sitting in that wheelchair with those stuffed animals or her baby dolls uh, or laying in her bed in the same condition, basically unresponsive, non-communicative. We discovered that she loved Elvis, uh, the music of Elvis. I have a 34-second video of her and the two young volunteers that were working with her, put her headphones on her, started playing her Elvis press. She's in there dancing, uh, in her chair, talking, responding, um, interacting with these girls. After that was over, they found out that she loved baseball, that she loved to drink beer. It was like Lazarus coming back from the dead. And we don't always get that reaction, but that was the reaction that I personally witnessed. So, you know, I do believe it's mind blowing. Yeah, I, I watched that video, and that story reminds me of one I just saw yesterday on Instagram. A woman in the United Kingdom was visiting with her mom, and it was the young woman's birthday. And she said her mom is nonverbal at this point. And she started singing happy birthday, and mom started singing happy birthday in response. So the two of them sang happy birthday together even though mom is nonverbal and it, I thought, you know, it's just amazing how the brain just responds to music and I'm not sure they really know why yet, but it does. It, it does. Mm -hmm. um, if you were interested in starting one of these programs are, we've got, well, we've got three local high schools, one of which has a beautiful choir they sing Christmas carols at our Rotary Club every year. And I'm wondering... We've been trying to get Rotary involved, too. I'm a Rotarian here in Parma. Oh, are you? My dad yeah. and my grandfather were Rotarians. So and I'm then a... we've got the, our people in uh, Ireland, actually in Galway. Uh, I connected with uh, a rock band by the name of Barden uh, there in 2018. And uh, two of the members of the band were... Rotary Club members, 
and their Rotary Club sponsored the first Rock Against Dementia event in Galway. Uh, the mayor of Galway actually performed there. Uh, he was a guitar player. He's not mayor anymore. And they got the proclamation from Michael Wiggins, the president of Ireland, for what they did. Awesome. Well, this is you're the first in a year, slightly more than a year, you're the first guest that's also been a Rotarian. I think most of my guests have no clue what Rotary is. So this is kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. And this is the perfect this is the perfect project for the, the young people, the Rotaract kids. Uh, and this is a perfect service above self project that I've been trying to sell to the Rotary for the past four years. <laughs> well, my husband is also a Rotarian. He joined before I did, my, which made my dad super happy. He's getting involved with the district. So I'm going to bring this up with him because the yeah. oldest high school in my hometown here, like I said, they have a beautiful choir. You know, they sing beautiful acapella Christmas carols. And there are... Let's see, there's five, five different retirement communities. There's one assisted living only, and there's another one that's assisted living and memory care. That's all here in town. And then mm-hmm. where my mom lives is just 15 minutes from here. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for the teenagers or whomever to mm-hmm. to do something like this and maybe, you know, work with the residents. I know I was there visiting mom on Monday and I don't know what was going on, but man, half the residents were just, they were hell bent on destruction. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was a little um, overwhelming because they were all just really crabby and one gal swinging her cane around. And so I was thinking about you Monday when I was visiting with mom thinking, you know, they have a lot of residents where mom lives. Most of them are women, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they get to the point where it's like, I got to get out of here. You know, I got to go home. And it's like, oh, and, right. they, and I'm wondering if, if there's got to be a way of helping them calm down maybe through music is what was going through my head the other day. Right. And that, that's very effective. Our friends over in the United Kingdom have been, uh, sending MP3 players to like emergency rooms and hospitals uh, and finding how effective that is in actually performing that type of service uh, for people that are waiting for doctor visits. And uh, I'm going to try that the next time we have to go to the neurologist. Most of mom's doctor visits, they've been amazing. We get in and out. I mean, we usually don't wait in the waiting room for more than five minutes. Mm-hmm. It's about all she can handle. When we were waiting for the neurologist, both times was over was an hour, which is infuriating. But when you've got somebody who doesn't remember two minutes ago, an hour right. is an eternity. And I didn't think about bringing music for her then. I did have a a short playlist of the songs I thought she'd connect with for a dental appointment that she had about five weeks ago. And mm-hmm. I brought that with me because back in October her dental cleaning got aborted midstream because she wasn't cooperating. I don't, I wasn't in the room with them. So I don't know exactly what was going on. This time I sat in the room, I had my headphones ready and my phone ready with songs. I was all ready to go. And mom was fine. 
So that's great. That's great, Coach Thumb. We're we're trying to explore those possibilities, uh, working with dentists and doctors. Uh, and uh, one of our dear friends is Lenny, the dementia-friendly barber, over in Ireland. Uh, who gives haircuts to people with dementia. Uh, there's all kinds of avenues to explore. Yeah, that's very true. So and tell then, me, uh, go ahead. Then I've got another connection in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's actually a gerontologist at East Bay uh, by the name of Zeno Rasmussen. Uh, and his father is Buzzy Linhart. Uh, a musician, and Zeno is also a, a musician as well. So uh, I can put you in contact with him. He's doing a project with his students. Uh, so there's all kinds of synergy here. <laughs> yeah, no, I would love to get in touch with him and maybe go record. You know, record actually with my camera, not just audio. <laughs> um, and I'm like I said, I'm in the I'm in the East Bay area. I'm in the I'm as far out in the suburbs as one can get and still be considered in the San Francisco Bay Area. So we're, uh-huh. we're way out here. We're out in the corn, corn, corn and cherries. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. um, although, man, it rained the last week, and I, I've lived here for 16 years, and this is a bad time for rain. We don't generally get rain in May. We definitely don't get over an inch. And they were using the crop dusting helicopters to blow wow. dry the trees. Okay. Because you get water on the cherries and then like Tuesday was windy as heck and cold. And yesterday was pleasant. Today is pleasant. It's still windy, but the sunshine is warm. So you get wet cherries and then warm cherries and then you got yucky cherries. So they were, it was hysterical right. to watch them blow drying the trees with a helicopter. I've lived here. I thought it never rained in Southern California. <laughs> well, I'm in Northern California. No, it does not generally rain. If it rains in May, it's a sprinkling, you know, might be a fraction of an inch. We've had over an inch. I mean, it was wow. pouring. And those of us that are native Californians, I'm a multi-generational Californian. Mm-hmm. We were putting our complaints in with Mother Nature. It's like, no, honey, we don't we don't do this in May. Right. <laughs> it's like, it just not, was not fun. The weekend was not fun. Was at a wedding ceremony was in the rain. My cycling club had a picnic on s- Sunday. They um, moved the date so that it wouldn't be so hot. Mission accomplished. It was cold and wet. <laughs> so it's crazy. But yeah, that's, yeah, I'm way out there in the, in the, in, I call it the agriburbs. It used to be an agricultural rural community, but now it's a bedroom community of San Francisco. Okay. So, but I'm, I'm car or, or train close to just about anything that you would probably have a connection to. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit more about you and the rock Rockford dementia. Did I get that right? Rock against, rock against, against dementia. Against dementia. Okay. Cause that so I don't, that just sounds really cool. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. We we had uh, our second event in New York City uh, this year, and we had uh, all star band of legendary musicians from the New York City area that performed. Crum uh, Burke, the drummer from Blondie. Uh, That's a band I'm familiar with. Uh, 
Steve Connie from the New York Dolls, guitar player, uh, Caitlin O'Riordan, Kate O'Riordan from the Pogues, uh, Tony Shanahan, the bass player from Patti Smith's band, uh, and several other uh, luminary New York City artists performed in a lot of local New York City musicians who I really wasn't familiar with, but uh, they were phenomenal. I, I had the opportunity to go to New York City for that, uh, and it was a great event. Uh, last year, we did our first event down in Nashville. 2018, we lost uh, Glenn Campbell and David Cassidy and Malcolm Young from uh, ACDC, all the dementia and Alzheimer's. So we honored them with our 2018 event. I went down to Nashville uh, in June and did an event down there. We actually had Dylan Campbell's, Glenn Campbell's son perform for that event with us. Uh, and I put together an all-star band for that of local Nashville area musicians who also played with, uh, you know, legendary bands. So it's pretty cool. And, <laughs> and we're and looking to expand that whole, you know, thing. Well, we got, I've got connections with like local homegrown type bands, not big name bands, but ones that tour and do like the city like we have um, music in the park all summer long, so that kind of band. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure mm -hmm. what kind of band you call that. That's there you go, regional. So, because um, I know the person that used to put that together, and then there was something I was going to say. Oh, so the Rock Against Dementia is all—it's a fundraiser, correct? Yeah, it's. Uh, the people that put it on, the organizers are free to raise money for whatever dementia-related cause that they want to raise money for. We don't you know, tell them that they have to donate money to the Alive Inside Foundation. We do have some dedicated people that do events that help the Alive Inside Foundation, but mostly those monies are used to fund their individual local projects that they do. Uh, in Asbury Park, uh, we've had uh, Newcastle, Pennsylvania, and Ellenwood, Pennsylvania. Uh, the people over in the United in, in Galway did their event, and that was part of our our outreach. Uh, we've had several other people do events to, to tied directly with the Alive Inside Foundation, and we're kind of looking to expand that as well. But uh, on a, a Rock Against Dementia event is everything from a major concert to a bunch of friends getting together, listening to music and raising awareness about dementia and, you know, donating money to a cause. That's awesome. near and dear to them. That's awesome. I think I'm going to approach the executive director of where mom lives. Mom is at an MBK senior living community. Just give them a little mm -hmm. plug and see if he'd like to partner with you guys and bring this fundraiser out here. And then I have an idea. He wants, I talked to a guest about a dementia dog, canine caregiver. And mm -hmm. the director was very interested in the details about acquiring one of these dogs for their mm -hmm. memory residence. 
and I see the benefit of it, but they're very expensive because of the training. So I'm right. seeing a connection between guests here for something out here. So I'm going to, my, my wheels are spinning in my head at the moment. <laughs> well, yeah, even if you wanted to raise money for, you know, to help pay for that dementia dog. Yeah, that's you know, what I'm thinking. That's up to you, you know. Well, we maybe could do both. They, the guest that I talked to said the dogs are upwards of $10,000, which gives me a little heart palpitation. But I'm wondering yes. <laughs> if a lot of that is to pay somebody to go through the training. And uh -huh. I have had dogs my entire life. Golden Retrievers are a very um, perfect breed for a canine caregiver, which I have right. three, three Golden Retrievers that I live with them, I think is probably the more appropriate term. <laughs> um, so I don't, I, I haven't, I keep threatening to email him. I, I email him in my mind. I keep saying, right. I'm not that far from Google and Facebook and Apple. I keep saying these people need to fix it so that my mental emails and mental text messages all get sent because I send emails via my brain all the time and nobody ever gets them. It's very frustrating. <laughs> That's I, funny. I, it happens yeah. all the time. And I have clients that tell me the same thing. They're like, I've been meaning to call you for days. I'm like, well, I've been meaning to email you for three days. <laughs> but yeah, and I think that would be fun. So I will talk to him and tell him about you and, and I'll get more information put together for him and see if we can make something happen. Cause I think that would be really cool. Oh yeah, we could do like a rock against the Metro, dogs against the Metro event. <laughs> yeah. Rock and roll and dogs. That's totally cool. I'm an eighties teenager kid, so you know, I I I'm I'm down with dementia rock rock and roll dogs. <laughs> and there's lots of venues that we could do that depending on the size. We got a lot of options around here. So that would be really exciting. Yeah, it would, definitely. Awesome. So you gave us the website. It's aliveinside.org. Mm -hmm. And I know you guys have a lot of stuff on YouTube, which I will link in the show notes. We have uh, a lot of videos on Vimeo. I'm familiar with them. Uh, Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O. That's another video platform. Which one has more videos, YouTube or Vimeo? Uh, I don't know. I haven't really looked at our YouTube channel for a while. I know Vimeo's got a lot of them. Okay. Uh, I'll link both of them then. Mm-hmm. So is there anything, if somebody wanted to maybe take it upon themselves, do something like I've been trying to do, if they want to try to connect with their loved one through music, do you have some suggestions on how they can go about it? Because I was pretty convinced mom did not respond to music until mm -hmm. this past guest said, oh, no, you just haven't found the right songs yet. Right. So I agree with her. Um, That's probably true. So if you, if you have some tips for me and the listeners, that'd be great. Uh, if you want, you can give them my email address and tell them to shoot me an email. I'd be glad to send them as much information as I can. Uh, we do have information. We do have tutorials. Uh, on our website about how to use our memory players and there's an uh, an app that we use to help put together some of those song lists that tutorial is on there as well uh, all you have to do is look for them and uh yeah okay well i will definitely i'll go through the tutorial myself and maybe i'll walk the listeners through it as part of the end of this episode 
just because if people are listening, they're not always sitting in front of a computer where they can do this at the same time. So I'll, right. I'll see if I can connect all those dots for everybody. Sounds good. All righty. Well, I appreciate you calling while you're traveling back home. And I appreciate you. <laughs> and I will definitely keep in contact with you since we're both Rotarians. I'm sure there's something we can come up with to, to get more Rotarians on board with this project. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely need to. So I will talk to you soon. All righty. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Music is profoundly linked to personal memories. We know this because we remember what was going on when a certain song was popular. We associate songs with our first love, our first breakup. So it's not surprising that music can reach someone who is locked into a dying brain. Even for people with severe dementia, music can tap deep emotional recall. As their short-term memory fails, long-term memories can be well-preserved, but accessing them can be difficult. Favorite music or songs associated with important personal events can trigger memory of lyrics and the experience connected to that music. Beloved music often calms chaotic brain activity and enables the listener to focus the present moment and regain a connection to others. So how do we go about finding the right songs, the songs that do the connecting? As those of you who are regular listeners know, I've tried playing songs from Mom's era and have had no luck. The only songs Mom seems to connect with are Christmas tunes, and I'm not really super willing to listen to those every day of the year. Assuming that you can choose from songs that are popular from their era is definitely a hit or miss prospect. That's what I learned because that's what I tried. A past guest said it would take some trial and error to find a handful of songs that she connects with. While that sounds like a lot of work, technology does make it a little bit easier. So here's how I put together my Music for Mom playlist. And I've shared the link or the songs on my show notes so that you guys can see what mom hopefully connects with. I remember songs from my childhood that my maternal grandmother played If mom's mom liked these songs and I liked the songs, chances are mom will too. My dear hubby knew of one song that mom had talked about in the past, so that's where I started. I went into iTunes, but I'm sure this works with Spotify, and selected Browse. I typed in what I remembered and any song that moved me that I remembered the words to got added to the playlist. Now, technology is our friend in this process. iTunes, and again, I'm sure Spotify does this too, makes suggestions for other artists, albums, and songs. Once I clicked around on some of the suggestions, I came up with more possible songs. There ended up being a pattern to the style of songs I was selecting, so I then turned to the radio portion of iTunes and picked the station playing the songs from the 60s. Now, Dear Apple... You guys need a station from the 50s, okay? But I made the one from the 60s work. I found five more potential songs by listening to the 60s station. I selected those based on the style of songs I recalled joyfully. Mom's personalized playlist has 18 songs totaling 45 minutes of music. I'm going to test these songs out and see how well my musical detective skills worked. Many of them are upbeat, so I'm hoping we can get a little hip-wiggling action going on as well. 
My goal is to give her a nice time and bring some joy into our visits. Especially lately, some of the visits have not been so joyful. Any song that doesn't seem to connect, I'll just delete. Hopefully, most of them will, or else I'll be forced to do a super deep dive looking for more music. Maybe Spotify's got more music from the 50s. It's a good place for me to start and look. I may have to ask her brother if he remembers what they listened to as teenagers, although he's enough younger that I'm not sure that would help. This was actually a fun process, more, more enjoyable than I was expecting. I felt a bit silly singing and dancing around in my office to music that's older than I am, but that's what was happening. That's why I think I was on the right track. The best place for you to start is to ask. If your loved one has trouble communicating, you may need help of another family member or friend to fill in the blanks. Here are some questions to get asked to get the conversation started. What music did you listen to when you were young or in high school? Did you sing at religious services? What were your favorite hymns or other religious music? Did you enjoy going to Broadway shows or musicals? Which ones were your favorites? Do you have any records or tapes that were favorites? What are they and where can I find them? Now, my dad had a reel-to-reel tape player, and I have no idea where any of that stuff ended up, but that's okay. Who was your favorite performer, group, band, or orchestra? Who was your favorite classical composer? Can you hum any of your favorite songs? That one I might try with mom. What songs did you dance to at your wedding or at your high school prom? Now, I know from spending time with mom, I take her every year to our Rotary Christmas meeting where the local high school choral sings Christmas carols, and she does connect with them. So I know that this is a good option. This is a really good place to start and try. So for those of you who aren't following me on Instagram, you should definitely do that because every Tuesday and actually more frequently lately, I am posting an update on my visit with mom. And this this week, which is the week of the 21st, I actually posted some videos that people really related to and they really liked. So it's, it's a way of getting kind of an instant update on how some of this stuff is working or what I'm trying or what our visits are like. It's just a way for you guys to get to know me and mom a little bit more visually. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's at Alzheimer's Podcast. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook. So those are all linked on the website and in the show notes. I hope you do a little musical detective work, and I hope you come up with a whole bunch of songs that your loved one connects with because I've seen the videos that Wayne shared with us, and they're amazing. And I'm really hoping that I can make this work with mom and then maybe help the staff to do the same thing with some of the residents that are really challenging, the ones that are constantly trying to go home, the ones that get really agitated in the afternoon. I think they might benefit from their own personalized playlist and a little calming music, walking, something. Anything's better than swinging a cane around. So 
I appreciate you guys listening to me again this week. And you guys, turn up the tunes and have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. I want to remind you, if you need help right this minute, you have a question you need answered right now, you can contact the Alzheimer's Association 24-7 hotline. Their phone number is 1-800-272-3900. Thanks for tuning in to Fading Memories. And as always, I'll be in your ears again next Tuesday. Coming up in just a sec is a promo from another podcast that you might find helpful. It's called Ang Zenity, and it's about a gentleman who's been through all types of mental health struggles and how he managed to come out the other side. And it's a way for you to find ways that you can do better with your mental state. And I know caregivers need that. So I hope you enjoy. And if you like it, give it a listen. Do you or someone you know struggle through life with anxiety-related mental disorders? Ever get that feeling that you are one of the few? I'm here to tell you that you are not alone. Take a journey with me as I talk about key points in my past and how they may have led to me being diagnosed with anxiety and panic disorder. After which, we will talk about different ways to tone down the anxiety and maybe even beat it together on anxiety. The easiest way to remember the name is by thinking about how one searches for a state of zen in the midst of the anxieties of life. My name is Gerald, and I'm the host of Anxiety.